still. Hello and welcome to Tracks. I'm Tim. <laughs> and I'm Ali. This is episode number 76 of our wonderful music podcast. And what have we got in store, Harry? In store, <laughs> We are going to be talking about a brotherhood. A, a pair of old geezers who are kind of dicks but also legends. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not us for once. And without even be. saying the name, you'll know exactly who I mean. Yeah. Yeah. They will. Uh, so we're not going to spoil it. Maybe you're thinking in your head. Could be A. Or it could be B. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it's C. Um, it basically was. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a great old episode. I'll tell you what, I particularly love my musical highlight of the week this week too. I think that's a real corker for you guys to listen to. Um, Indeedy doody it was he. Uh, mine is pretty much too. <laughs> <laughs> and there's all the usual chat. It's a good episode. We've had fun. <laughs> Why are we so talky? <laughs> I don't know, because it's gone midnight as we record this. Because, uh, uh, yeah. as we said before, listeners, we have a bit of a weird habit. We do the intro at the end. That's the thing we do. As as we're always a else. bit delirious. Delirious. <laughs> we're always a bit deludedous. <laughs> we're a bit delirious and hilarious by the time we do this. So tell me, Harry, where are we going to see oh, them? Oh, we're, we're going to see them on the flipping side of us. Yeah, you can't fit the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. See you there. <laughs> Shall we begin? You alright mate? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How has your week been? My week's been... I mean, it's getting a bit boring now that I say this every time, but it's been, oh my word, busy. You've been stressed. I have been stressing out. Yeah, you've been a stressy Betty for sure. Yeah, it's been It's been uh, a lot going on. I had a lovely weekend in London uh, with my Lucy. Um <laughs> 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 and then the day after, I mean, I spent like three days in hotels. Yeah, uh, I'd spent like four You've been days like a bit of a rock star. Home. I did enjoy it the other day when you texted me in the morning, like, "Oh, I'm late for work. I've just woke up in some hotel room." <laughs> yeah. Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, um, my phone was plugged into the wall. They had the, these USBs that were in the wall. Yeah. I woke up at like eight o'clock, or like seven o'clock. I thought, "Oh God, it's like not in." Plugged it in, went to sleep. Woke up about half ten with a, a woman's voice, like, hello? And I was cleaner. like, yeah, a cleaner. And I was just like, hello? And I was <laughs> terrified. Mum? I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that you, well, I didn't know that you had to always leave things on. Yeah, they like, try and come in. Yeah. Unaware of that. So, I quickly looked at the time, My none of, no alarms went off, everything was dead <laughs> anyway. Um, and I got to work late. Uh, because of the previous day, which I'll get onto later on in the podcast, Tim. Um, also, another thing about hotels, uh, because I spent... You've been living in hotels. Yeah. Um, so I stayed at this place called the Z Hotel in London. Lovely place. As um, hipster. Yeah, it was a bit. It was, um, do you know what? It was like someone mixed a nice hotel, but with a, like, hostel. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good. They were well, like maybe it is a good mix. Smallish rooms, but very nice, decent, very big beds, but kind of a little bit tough. Big showers, very nice. Um, but then the downstairs, 
they had like this communal um, kitcheny area, so everyone really? goes down and has their food kind of together. But which you think, okay, that's normal. Like hotels have a restaurant or whatever, but it's just one long table in the middle. Hmm. Just a bit odd. Yeah, I don't know. How but to um, about that. anyway, we went out one day, came back like. The fl- the room was a mess. Like there were clothes all over the floor and stuff. Yeah. Like we just emptied our bags. So we came home after like six hours being out, and it was just tidy. Are you one of the people who feels good about that, or do you feel like terrible? About very that? very mixed. Because, because like some people, and I've stayed in hotels with both of these people. Like some will sort of tidy up for the maid to come, so that they don't think they're a slob. Whereas other people will just be like lobbing their stuff everywhere it's like well someone's going to tidy up I you couldn't to. it was as if we'd lived there for a month you couldn't yeah. see the floor there was rice everywhere rice well Lucy dropped her phone in the toilet oh, so we yeah. got a bag of rice and obviously <laughs> some rice came. there was a moment where she just poured some rice out on the bed I was like, what are you doing <laughs> and yeah it's just really weird to have your stuff kind of tidied up you know there were some things on the side table that I'd rather other people weren't picking up um <laughs> And it was just like, someone's coming into your little space. It's yeah. a little bit odd. And obviously people are going to be like, eh, that's what hotels are like. But I don't stay in hotels very often. In fact, you know, it's been a bit weird. I stayed three days in Ireland and then three days in London at three different hotels. Um, I sound like a bit of a professional hotel stayer. But before that, probably been about six or seven years since I stayed in a hotel. Yeah. Now you're a jet setter. Mm. Amazing. Um, so that's my... Annoyance with the week, yeah. And um, have you calmed down? Are you ready for this episode? Because like every time I spoke to you, I feel like it's all just getting on top of you a little. Bit, I Harry. was ready to quit this morning <laughs> when I couldn't find the um, recorder, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to call Tim up. I'm going to say we're done. Like I can't <laughs> I'm find it up with you, Tim. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't find it. I've got too much on. Yeah. This isn't going to work anymore. And then I was just like, I'm just going to look in the cupboard. Yeah, it was there. Was like, <laughs> there we go. Then, then today, like I had loads and loads of stuff to do, and then there was more to do on top of that. And I was just like, Tim, I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. I yeah, might just have to give up. We're just going to have to call it a day. Yeah. And then ten minutes later, I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you like? I find that if I've had like a really busy day at work, or like really, if I've been really stressed. The way I can tell is because I get to the end of the day and my jaw hurts because like I've been clenching my jaw all day long, just sat there like. like do you get, get any like physical response to the fact that you're stressed out of your mind? I get headaches and my eyes hurt <laughs> because I've been looking at the screen so much that I haven't been able to get up and go anywhere. You haven't blinked for nine hours because yeah. that's so, lost milliseconds. <laughs> so yeah, because I just think, well, I can't stop for a minute because otherwise I'll lose track of what I'm doing or whatever yeah uh, and I'll tell you what Tim you told me this a very long time ago you were like one day during this job you'll love it but you'll kind of wish you were back serving chickens yeah because you didn't have to use your brain and I don't at all like I still think the job is perfect but I've never been so busy and stressed and things in my life there is a moment luckily that it's okay because i love what i'm doing but it's it's a difficult time it does happen though like there is definitely a moment where you think like god it was just such more simple times when i could turn up clock in 
sort of sleepwalk through it and then just go home. Which would you prefer, stress or depression from hating what you're doing? I would definitely prefer stress. Yeah. But when you're in the moment, it's the thing about... You want to get out? Yeah, you're just like, you'll do anything. It's like, like you're like um, that episode of Peep Show when Mark doesn't want to get married, so he's just like trying to get run over. He's like, (laughs) you're going to get your lunch. like, I get it my ass. I don't have to do work anymore. Oh, that's exactly what I did on my first ever date. I told you about that, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I walked there and just thought... I could throw myself in front of a car and I wouldn't have to go to this thing. <laughs> just and I not genuinely go. thought about it. It's, it's like, again, another comedy reference, like Louis C.K.'s new stand-up, he yeah. starts with the thing of, you don't have to do anything you don't want to because you can kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just end it. Then yeah. you don't have to do it. Yeah. And he does it much funnier than we just did it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Nice. So it sounds like an interesting week for you. Yeah. What about you? Stressed? Happy? Uh you know, normally I feel like a little bit bad because I see you kind of panicking and stressing and working your little socks off, and I feel like my life is much more uh, chilled. Um, it's yeah. rare that I'm that busy. I've been quite busy this week, but not that much. I've spent my week like, um, I don't know, like kind of accidentally doing girly things and then like trying to backtrack. You know, like how you're meant to have like this one week a month where you like you're full of testosterone really and like that's when you're like at your most like it's like what kind of like a cycle thing yeah sort of like apparently it peaks in you so that's when you're like your pheromones are like most attractive to women and also it's when you're like at your most like yeah testosterone whatever that is I feel like I must be having my like pheromone one of those because like I had like a I had like a little date the other day um which was fun, great fun. Uh, but we went to like a cocktail bar thing, yeah. and like, what'd you get? Well, this is the thing. Like <laughs> progressively through the night, it was it was hard because like the menu was all on the wall, like on this big blackboard. They didn't give you like a little thing to look at. So when we first walked in, and this was like the first time we'd ever met. So uh, we'd like met outside, walked in straight away. You're looking at this menu, and I was looking at it, and I was like. I was looking at these words and I was just like, I don't know what any of these things mean. Could you read? Did you have your glasses on? It was, we were really close to it. It was like a little bar, so I could definitely read it. But I was just looking at all these things. I was like, none of this is going in. And they all had like joke names. Jilly's Cobblewob. They were all like celebrity puns. Like there was something about a Ryan Gosling or something. That's what I got first. But like, I... I you got a Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> like, that was my first one was a Ryan Gosling. So I was like, well, that's quite girly. Um... And that one was alright, although it came and I thought... I had a sip and I thought, this has got milk in. But it didn't have milk in, I had coconut milk in, so I got away with that one. Um, okay. But then, like, <laughs> progressively, like, the next one came and it was, like, this little sort of Bellini thing. Was we had, like, a nice proper glass or something. And then by the end of it, I... <laughs> my third cocktail came. And again, the whole time I hadn't been able to work out what the hell I was ordering. I was just saying names. Yeah. And the last one, she had, like, this glass... Of like some like spicy drink which had all like chili flakes around it, like a, and it was like a proper big drink. Spicy is in like how a like literally you tomato, drank it. And what's it, it called? The tomato one. Like you Bloody drank Mary. it, and it like was spicy. It was weird. Meanwhile, I had like some prosecco thing with rose petals in the top. 
And they came. <laughs> and they gave you the chili. They brought one. them to the, yeah, they brought them to the table. They were like, I'm guessing, and I was like, no. Yeah. And I just felt ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Um, and yeah, it, that was kind of embarrassing. So that was like my first like girly thing. And then yesterday I went shopping. I was trying to find a birthday present for my mum, which by the way, when this comes out, it will have been my mum's 50th birthday yesterday. So happy, happy birthday, birthday, mum. Fran. Love you. You don't look a day over 49 uh, and you're a saint. I don't think you look a day over 27. <laughs> Stop coming on to my mum. <laughs> um, yeah, I went shopping and... Do not ask me why I did this, because I don't know myself. Bought a handbag? No, <laughs> almost as <laughs> weird. I bought a pair of pink Converse. That's not weird. That is weird. I've got a pink t-shirt? No, pink Converse. Bright Barbie pink Converse. Barbie and I, pink? Oh, not like a... No, like a bright out. pink high-top Converse. Because <laughs> they're on sale, and I just like Impulse bought them. And then like I got them home and put them on, and I thought I just thought... Who what do they go with? <laughs> no, I just thought, what do I think I am? Like, just looked at myself. Get like, away with you this. are a clown. Like, because I've seen the pink, the you know Tyler's pink Converse. Yeah, not and them. They're, you know, they're kind of. No, these are like glowing pink, bought from JD Sports, no less. Oh God, why yeah. are they in JD Sports? I was just walking past. They're on the sale rack, and I was like, oh, there's loads of shit shoes on the sale rack. There's a reason they're on the sale rack. Yeah, no one's but buying. They, they looked at me weird when I said, like, "Have you got these in a?" Uh, nine as well but they did so I bought them and then yeah they got returned today the girlfriends are nine <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um yeah wow so that was weird have you ever like and then I, I was thinking today when I took them back I was like I wonder if I've ever bought anything like an impulse buy and that quickly regretted it because I regretted it within about three hours and within 12 hours they'd been returned pretty much I, I, I don't feel fantastic about the football trainers I bought because I don't wear them. Not that I... I think they're the most beautiful slash ugliest boot I've ever seen in my life. They are beautiful. Yeah. To me, they are. And I also think they're just a bit weird. Which I like. Um, but I've worn them once, and they've sat in a box since. Um, and I do think that was a bit silly. Yeah. But, um... I don't think I've... Oh. Possibly the Louis Theroux t-shirt. That was a good t-shirt. It's a great t-shirt, but it... Makes me look like a black pudding. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's really really bad. Yeah, um, I mean, and also if you want this uh, Tyler the Creator record that doesn't <laughs> seem to right exist. Guy. Tim doesn't seem to be a thing. Out there in the ether somewhere. No, I think you just want to make people to like give him money, and then that was it. Yeah, I think I've just bought like a a thought of his. Yeah, well, that's nice. Yeah, nah, that's all right. <laughs> uh, so yeah that's been my week uh, accidentally being girly and trying to then backpedal because I don't quite have the confidence to pull it off okay interesting um, but meanwhile pull it off <laughs> no if you'd seen me in these trainers you would absolutely know I couldn't I looked so ridiculous I literally laughed at myself in the mirror <laughs> it's like a toddler's put the Barbie shoes on the action man <laughs> which they is were, fine they were so I had like when I put it on, I had like a, you know, I'm pretty much always in all black. So I had like a black shirt, black XX t-shirt, black jeans, and just these glowing pink feet. Just like oh You went God. out of them? No, of course I didn't. I was just walking Actually, around. you tried them on? Yeah, I was just looking in my bedroom mirror. <laughs> Why? 
yeah. Why? And then, like, I think I went a bit red while I was returning them. Just like, I know. Blimey. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we'll move on to musical highlights of the week. What's been going on, Harry? So, as I slightly mentioned earlier, uh, the whole hotel thing on the Monday morning, uh, sorry, Tuesday morning, this was because on Monday, the 10th of October, uh, my the company I work for hosted an event, yeah. a music showcase at none other than The Ned in London, which is, for those who do know, you know, <laughs> and uh, for those who don't, Imagine, like Tory any headquarters. Uh, yeah, but no, it was uh, very posh from you. It was, it was. Oh my word, it was posh, and it was, you know, imagine walking into just a normal building in London, and oh my god, you found yourself in the Titanic. Yeah, it was like oak panels everywhere, wasn't it? Yeah, very dark greens, and yeah. um, there were. It was quite an amazing place, and I've also got a fifty percent discount card, Tim. And we can go there. They give us all stories. Right, just let me finish this. <laughs> you can do all that in your own time. Um, so they have like nine restaurants there. All of them. Nine. Yeah. How big is it? It's absolutely humongous. They've got like yeah. four or five bars. Uh, it might be like six restaurants. I don't know, but loads of restaurants. I feel um, like more than so one's one like a Japanese. One would be like a Japanese, one Italian, okay. one blah, blah, blah. So already we got there, had like this fancy Japanese food and a drink and that, 50% off, cheaper chips. 50% is a really big deal. It's yeah. quite a lot, isn't it? There's um, very like few food places where you could get 50% off and it would still be expensive. Like yeah. everything becomes all right at 50. And the card, one to four people. So you can take four people, nice. three. Lovely jubbly. Um, but I shouldn't be advertising that because you haven't got one. I basically do. Anyone else, I mean. <laughs> Not you. <No. laughs> um, <clears throat> but we were there because of Hummingbird putting on a new music showcase. So we had four of our artists. Howler, a new band, Grand Pax. Uh, then we had Greta Isaac and Martin Luke Brown. And they all performed amazingly. And yeah. I couldn't be more proud of the kind of the people we have on our roster. Um, loads and loads of people turned up. Kind of me and Anne were hosting the event. So we had people calling us like, we're here. What do we do? There was a moment when two people, I think a producer from one company and somebody else, came up to me. And you know me. I'm not very good with humans. Yes. Uh, I don't tend to know what to say or what to do. And when I do know what to say, I can't get it out. Uh, but I just said... Hi, yeah, good to meet you. Shook both their hands, said thanks for coming. You need to go over there, get your card, hit the password, then you go to this bar, have a lovely time, lovely to meet you, bye bye. They looked away and they walked off, and I was just like, oh, this is me. Wow. I am a host now. I would have loved, I would have loved to see you do that. Mate, partly because, like, I would have been incredibly proud, but also I would have found it funny just knowing how you felt inside while you were (laughs) just knowing my stomach's going. Um, but no that that went really well Um, the performers were incredible Howler was like all four of them kind of fit the bill they they suited the environment they played their best they were all you know 
just kind of perfect performances. Um, there's one that I'm going to play. I would love to play two or, or four. I love them all. Um, but I'm just going to go with the kind of latest single, uh, which is a guy called Martin Luke Brown, um, who played at the end of the night. And he really is kind of an, an exceptional talent. Um, he has an amazing voice. He's a great lyricist. Uh, he's a great songwriter. I met him after. He's a lovely guy. Just kind and nice. <laughs> well done, you. Um, and, you know, he kind of stole the room. Um, he played solo piano. Uh, a lot, like the song I'm going to show you today is is not that. Um, so he has a lot of range within the kind of stuff that he releases. Very, it's it's a pop act, but he he is also I'm trying to think like there's influences of Bon Iver in some of his tracks. Uh, maybe I'll play. Ooh, I might play the song that I think sounds like it could be influenced by Bon Iver. So okay. not the latest single. So go and check that out. Um, but the song I'm actually going to play is called Into Yellow. Um, you might hear. Lots of kind of different um, influences in there. I'd like to see what you think. So um, this is Into Yellow by Martin Luke Brown. I'll cry to you in the coldest dark Tie a river around your fractured heart Forget the blue We can hide So that was Martin Luke Brown's Into Yellow. What do you think? I really liked it. Really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, like you say, a few different little influences even. A bit of James Vincent McMorrow sometimes. Yeah. Like you get that with kind of falsetto kind of voices. Yeah, but even like some of the kind of um, slightly lo-fi instrumental even. Like I said at the very beginning, it sounded yeah. a bit like Daniel Johnston. Like kind of, you know, really sort of basic sounding keys coming out. Um, but I really liked it. Kind of... It was like vocals from the first Bon Iver album with kind of song structure of the latest Bon Iver album. It was kind of, yeah, it was really cool. Nice. Enjoyed it a lot. I'm glad. Um, you can go and get him on all the streaming services and <laughs> on our website. Everywhere. <laughs> uh, cool, Tim. Highlight? Yes, I do indeed have a highlight. And it's actually something a bit has become like a new obsession in the fact that you know when you find a song and you just literally cannot stop listening to it yeah um like <coughs> cool the song i've been listening to for the last two weeks yeah but like four five times in a morning six times in a morning back to back sometimes mm-hmm. um yeah like properly in love with a tune this one comes from an artist called nilufa yanya and i'm not sure if i'm saying that right i hope i am Probably not, Tim, because you never say these names. Nilufa. Right. How would you pronounce that? N I L U with an umlaut F E R. Nilufa. Nilufa. Nilufa, Yanya, then. Yanya's definitely right. I can, I'm pretending like I know that. I say it with Yanya. such confidence. Anyway, she's a female solo artist from London, I believe, of 
uh, Turkish origin, although do not hold me to that because I could be completely wrong. But like Mesut Ozil, who has an umlaut. Uh, yes, but also nothing like Mesut Ozil in any other way, apart from having an umlaut. Um, He's like Turkish descent. Anyway, let's give my the Ozil thing. Um, so I think over the last maybe six months or so, I've noticed like a bit of an influx of like Turks. what I would call huh? Nothing. Jesus Christ, are you, why are you trying to sabotage me with your Turk? <laughs> you like the young Turk. <laughs> um, so I think over like the last six months or so, I've noticed a bit of an influx of kind of. Acoustic based, but like really, really cool, kind of slightly effortless, slightly urban <coughs> music. I'm thinking of people like Yellow Days or Cosmo Pike, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, I don't quite know what to term it as because it all does, it all is kind of based very much around the guitar, but it's definitely got that kind of slickness of production that you associate maybe with slightly more dancey things. Um, I suppose all of these probably emanate in some way up the family tree from the XX. It's very much like that kind of stripped back vibe. If you get the chance to Rex Orange County, I was going to have as a highlight last week. It's Another one. Very similar. Another one. He actually, uh, have you seen his new video that he put out today? Don't think it's so. called Easy to Love or something like that. It's like a little puppet of him. No. It's like stop motion. It's really, really cool. Really nice song. Um, but yeah, that exactly that kind of thing. Um, and there's loads of those kind of artists who are doing really, really cool stuff. What I hadn't seen until this week when I found this song, and therefore, Nilufa, Nilufa, sorry, I am the worst. If you're listening, Nilufa, I love you, I'm terrible. Um, what I hadn't heard until this point was uh, a female vocal on this kind of stuff. Um, she came along and has kind of, yeah, blown my mind a little bit. There's a new song which came out this week called Baby Love, love spell L-U-V. And it's kind of this brilliantly minimal tune. And sometimes, do you ever find you like fall in love with a song and you think, if I listen to like all the different elements of it, I'm not quite sure exactly what it is that's kind of driving me mad about this song. Like, the chorus is catchy, but not like... You know, those proper earworms where you think, oh my god, that's so catchy, it's doing my head. Well, absolutely. I mean, for me, this last album that I've talked about forever, the one yeah. that we talked about uh, last week, there, you, some people would say, this is recorded badly and yeah. all that stuff. And I don't know what it is I love, but something is sticking with me. Yeah. So it's all just built around this really simple, really blunt guitar line that kind of, it goes through the whole thing. And like later on, you get like synths and you get like a little bit of drums but basically it just says like completely simple the whole way through and I kind of love it because it leaves the vocals really exposed which I think um one are really beautiful and also like the the lyrical content I think is um you know really quite interesting it's very you know the kind of uh, reflective introspective stuff that we were talking about last week how we kind of love someone um you know talking about real life experiences um but yeah, there, there is such a simplicity to it that you kind of think, what is it that is just drawing me to this song over and over again? Um, Did you I, find out what it was? No, I, I still haven't quite got to the bottom of it in terms of I like... I think you will. Um, it reminds me of a song I've mentioned on here before, although I'm not sure we've ever played, which is um, Tegan and Sarah's Walking With The Ghost. Yeah, we have. 
We Maybe twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, as in because that's another song that I I found addictive when I first heard it, and I still every time I come to it again, I will then listen to it four or five times in a day. Yeah, I love that song because like it, there's just something about it that's just like oh, I need to hear it again. I need to hear it again, and this song has got it. Um, so what I will say is obviously we're going to play a snapshot of it now and it might seem a little bit underwhelming but anyone go search it out go and watch the video as well because it's really cool she's got a really nice aesthetic like I really love all her album like single and album artwork she hasn't put out an album yet so I don't know why I'm even saying album (laughs) artwork (laughs) but like she's put out like a few singles like maybe an EP in the mix of it all of her stuff's brilliant um, but they've all got like this cool look about it and the video for this is great. Um, but go and listen to this song maybe half a dozen times and honestly, I guarantee that if you're a Trax fan and you like the kind of stuff that we always pick, I guarantee you will get hooked on it. Um, it's called Baby Love. It's by Nalufa Yanya. And here it is. have it that was baby love any thoughts harry yeah i do actually tim i do actually tim um reminded me of mitski a little bit a little bit for sure um and that's the only person it reminded me of um <laughs> i liked it I, I completely understand what you mean it's uh it you know it's often the case with this show in that we listen to a song and there's sometimes not a lot you can say after one listen um sometimes i've even said and i think you've done the same you're not, uh, you're not into something and then you'll come back a week later and you'll be like I haven't still listened to that every day yeah I mean it happened with what ended up being our um, our song of the year last year Francis and the Light Friends I played that on the show and it didn't really grab you and then about two weeks later you were getting the bus home from recording mm-hmm. and you started listening to it and then realised actually like, bloody love Kane's this song. yeah wasn't into it yeah there's well, been loads of stuff last year. you know it's just one of those things that happens um, so, you know, at the very least, though, with this, I don't dislike it. I, I can actually really understand why you like it, and I feel like I'm going to be the same. Yeah. Um, like I say, I think after half a dozen listens, you'll you'll have just fallen for it. That is six. Yes. Uh, and the last thing I'm going to say yeah. is that, um, you know, now Spotify does like the rolling thing. If like you play one song, it doesn't just stop; it keeps playing other stuff. Yeah, but who keep has kept that on? If you care that Yeah, this is what I'm going to say. Uh, I <laughs> So, it's a single on its own. There's no B-side. So when you play it from the album, you know, the one thing on its own on Spotify, it just keeps playing other stuff. And I found so much stuff I'd never heard of before. Mine was that. doing it when I was listening to albums. Does it from that? Does it from one song? Well, maybe when I did it, it was at the beginning and it was broken because it, I would start an album five songs in it would change to another one I'd be like oh it might be doing that as well fucking dick it might be doing that as well but what I'm saying is play that and then just let Spotify go because you'll find so many interesting weird artists I mean we're always looking for new artists 
so I feel like we got a bit of a grip on the kind of things it might link to it and like I discovered at least five or six bands that I'd never heard of and thought were brilliant so do that as well um, nice one there you have it that brings to a close our musical highlights of the week so Harry so Tim do you remember the 90s oh it was I have fond memories good old days when you know men could be men and you could sit around and you could drink a lager and talk about music <laughs> and all that kind of stuff and you could really just butch it up and it was all about football and the lads and lad culture was reigning <laughs> and Britpop was king we weren't really old enough to appreciate all those things. So Do you know, I think I remember the 90s and I was a bit like... That's that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. I mean, I think you're a little bit older than that. I mean, no, I was 12 and I was... <laughs> <laughs> you're still like that now. <laughs> God damn it, that's But yeah, what I came to at the end of that... Is what the actual point was. Back in the 90s, um, the big uh, conflict within, I suppose, not just British music, but British culture in general, was Oasis versus Blur. And we have kind of moved on from that to the point where now we have, like, Noel Gallagher appearing on the Gorillaz' latest album. Yeah. Like, that is all over, but what still is going on the fire that is still burning is the conflict from within oasis and more specifically within the gallagher clan noel versus liam remains kind of the biggest news around at the moment in british music music and pop culture i guess yeah i'd say so it's kind of a a talking point amongst friends at some point yeah and specifically at the moment because and i I mean, I have no doubts that these two have properly fallen out and they don't get on well with each other. But there is a little bit of me that wonders if there's a bit of cynicism in the fact that we, as we sit here right now, Liam has just dropped, as you were, his first solo record. And Noel has just brought out another single from his High Flying Birds. Um, They're going head to head again and the beef Mm. is still raining. And this week, we're going to delve into it a little bit. Isn't that right, Harry? We are going to. And for the sake of a podcast format, we've picked sides. Yeah. Would you like to reveal which side you've picked slash I gave you? (laughs) Yeah. Should we... Let's both do like a... A a voice. And you've got to guess who we are. My brother's a dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that can be either of them. <laughs> I can't think any quote. I'm going to be Noel Gallagher. I'm going to be Noel's side in this. Yes, and I am going to be Liam's side, as you were TG Kiss. That was yeah. a Twitter reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. We're essentially, we're not going to really debate who's better or who's worse because uh, music's subjective and they've we'll both got their own merits, but we're going to sort of basically do a bit of a Noel versus Liam type thing. And we're going to start out by playing uh, some of their new stuff. Yeah. 
Who would like to go first? Um, I want you to go first. I want us to get yours out of the way first. Um, please. <laughs> okay, that's absolutely fine because obviously um, it's an easier one to do. As I said, as you were, the debut album uh, from Liam is out. Uh, we've heard the whole thing and I'll tell you what, I was actually really pleasantly surprised by it when it came out last Friday. Uh, listened to the whole thing on that morning and um, post-Oasis BDI was uh, Liam's big project and I was never really a fan. I always thought it was a bit contrived, a bit synthetic, uh, a bit, yeah, kind of inauthentic. It, it kind of boring felt... to me. It's just, yeah, just... Um, nothing was there to hook me. No, sonically, nothing that interesting. I Like, it's always been that uh, sort of famous thing about Oasis that they just wanted to be the Beatles. That was what kind of got thrown at them and, you know, the Beatles cover act, whatever. That that was kind of the the slant that the critics would throw at them. Um, mm. And I always felt, actually, with Oasis it was a bit unfair, but for me, BDI was just so much of a throwback. It didn't have any of their real own sound or... Yeah, personality to it, and I didn't really like it. So, um, when it came to listening to this album, I I was kind of ready to not particularly like it as well. Mm. Uh, and it took me by surprise. Like, obviously, Wall of Glass was the first single, and that's the opening track on the album. I'm guessing most of you at home will have heard that by now. Um, and it's an interesting enough tune. It's very Liam, and I think that's what's what's cool about this album. We all know his vocals so well and his attitude and his kind of personality. Um, I think often since Oasis, he kind of struggled to project that quite as he probably would have liked as well. Because obviously, you know, when you're in a band, and I know BDI were a band as well, but obviously it was kind of his vehicle a little bit. But like, I think um, you get a lot of support from people around you and like Oasis obviously realised that um, he was a big part of their success. So giving him a platform to go and perform to his best potential was to everyone's um benefit mm. i don't know if he's necessarily been able to do that since Oasis. until this i feel like i listen to this and it it feels like yeah this is the guy that i kind of know and love from his kind of ridiculous media antics which we are going to come on to later inevitably of course um but there's a few really really good tunes on here um greedy soul i really like um when i'm in need i really like i feel like that's quite like a uh, a more softer side to him that you don't necessarily all already hear. I like Chinatown. I like a lot of songs, but the one that really stands out to me uh, is a song called For What It's Worth, which, uh, as I can tell from the Spotify plays, if nothing else, uh, seems to have connected with a lot of other people as well because it's not been a single yet and it's already got six million plays, something like that, uh, mm. way more than any of the other album tracks. It seems to all intents and purposes to be a bit of an apology song to Noel. Um, but it's kind of... Uh, so it, there's heart behind this album more than... There really is, like... People think. Um, and again, I'm going to come on to a, a Liam quote later as well when I uh, play a, a song, an Oasis song that he wrote um, where he, he basically talks about how you know people think of him as all bravado and like Larry kind of in your face, but actually... He's not always that. And there is a lot of heart to this. And like, a, a number of the songs you feel like he's really talking about something. Um, and this, yeah, it does It does feel like a bit of an apology song um, for what it's worth. I'm sorry for the hurt. But if we ignore that, I just think uh, in terms of, you know, sonically, it 
it sounds a bit like an Oasis track, but a good Oasis track. It doesn't sound like a rip-off. It doesn't sound like, you know, just uh, rehashing old stuff. It sounds like if Oasis were still going right now, they might make this track. Okay. It's really good. Um, and I think it reflects really well on an album that has uh, probably pleasantly surprised me more than pretty much anything else I've listened to this year. I can't remember many times. Normally when I go to listen to an album, I'm really excited to hear it. This, I was a bit like... Oh well, I'll listen to it because I kind of have to because I, I, you know, I'll be out of touch if I don't. Oh, um, it's actually really good, and that's what I'm going to play. It's called "For What It's Worth." Worth by Liam Gallagher. Um, I put my null head on for this, and I'm just thinking, did he? Do you think he's listened to the album? Do I think Noel's listened to it? My guess is probably not. I can imagine him. I imagine him at home, right? Just kind of. Sticking it on his Sonos speakers in every room he's got, in all 12,000 rooms. <laughs> yeah. And uh, looking at Spotify or whatever he has and just thinking, oh, there's the album. Yeah. And wanting to click it, yeah. but can't find him, can't find it in him to do it yet. Yeah. And his little brother is out there just thinking, please just click this album. I've got a yeah. message for you, mate. I, I don't know. This, that song just makes me feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah. I know, exactly. And... And then there is also the kind of flip side of it where you think, like, imagine if someone for the last 25 years had been an absolute cock to you and then they put out a song and everyone feels bad for them because he's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. And you're just like, you're a dick. <laughs> you're still a dick. You might have made a nice song, but you're still a dick. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I can kind of see both sides, but you know, just as a song, I think that's... Um, I get what you mean about it being like a kind of a song... That would stand up there as a kind of an oasis song. Um, it sounds to me very much like uh, "Stop Crying Your Heart Out." Like, yeah, it's I can imagine it on the end of an Office episode or something. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the other thing about it. Like, obviously, all music does the same thing, but like, if you have a chorus like that, um, basically anyone who feels like they've done something bad to anyone ever, like that song is going to kind of relate to them. You can kind of um, imagine that moment where, it, yeah. It was quite Champagne Supernova for me. Yeah. Um, you know, these are good references. These are great Oasis songs, I think. Um, yeah. And I guess you can't really say, oh, he's just trying to make an Oasis song. Because essentially, look, this was a band who kind of took took over a whole like century of music. A whole yeah. 
you know, indie Britpop, British Britpop music was very much Oasis's thing. And if if they make if that's you know what they do best, then when they yeah. make music, if it yeah. sounds like he that, he was in Oasis. <laughs> yeah, he was part of that yeah, band. Exactly. Um, so he's going to make music that yeah. is you know on par with that. And I it's guess like, yeah, it's like saying you know going to an Andy Warhol exhibition. I mean like. This all just looks like Andy Warhol stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Of course, it does. Why is it not different? <laughs> yeah, like Why is there big bananas everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. So um, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a great tune. I, I really like that. I, there's a lot of this album that I haven't listened to yet, um, and I don't really know why. Because you know, I'll link this onto my pick, but. Um, the whole beef between them, I've you know been interested in. I watched Super, uh, Supernova, Supersonic, Supersonic, um, which is a really really good documentary. It's like, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Whether you like Oasis or not, as a, as a film, it's fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but it really takes you through a huge journey of their lives and what Oasis meant to other people and stuff as well. But yeah. also just their relationship and what they meant, like when they show you the last kind of the massive gig they did in there. Yeah. Right. Then you think, holy shit, they were a real, like, no matter what people say, yeah. whether they were a Beatles cover band or all this stuff, um, they were a huge deal. They were regardless absolute of cultural phenomenon. Like, exactly. Obviously, it's like, oh, to bring like, back like a, a football analogy, it always annoys me when someone, when you hear um, pundits say like, oh, no one will ever do what Wayne Rooney's done. Well, they will, because time will go on for loads of more time and people will do <laughs> yeah. the exact same thing. Like, uh, someone exactly. eventually will be as big as Oasis again. But... Well, is that just because they were a band that, you know, I'm not going to say it, but they they were out there and they made just a buzz. You know, they didn't conquer America. Yeah. Maybe that was their downfall in terms of people saying they were just like Oasis. Uh, sorry, the Beatles. But maybe it's just people that don't like Oasis yeah. that usually say, yeah. you know, they're just that yeah. bad beat. But like, or whatever. to imagine, you know, that Nebworth gig, <laughs> the, the great thing about Supersonic is you see how close it was after they started. It's only, it's like two years later after putting out their debut album and they're playing, mm. playing two nights to like 100,000 people. Like, it's insane. And it is kind of hard to imagine another band doing it, but someone will. Someone probably will do that again. Of course they will. Like Cortina's played to like 60,000 people and sell it out in a second. It's like, they're not even very good <laughs> no so maybe a good band will come along and double it exactly um, but you know what they did was ridiculous cool um <laughs> so this brings and there's a reason why I wanted to go second with this um I, I've never known which flag I fly in terms of the Gallagher brothers uh I've always been off and on with both a bit hot and cold with both uh you know maybe it's just important to say that you know we're not flying flags to each other we're just kind of having a discussion over it yeah um, and probably also that uh, neither of us are like massive uh, Oasis and Gallagher fans really no like, I never really go to an Oasis record and listen to it and I don't know a huge amount <laughs> about them so this isn't going to be one where we're coming out with all our yeah, <laughs> really should have got I mean Ben would have maybe been good for this Dan Price, Price would have been, been very good He'd have yeah, all the facts. No, I'll, t- I'll tell him that he, he never listens to this, but when I tell him we've done this episode, he'll be on it. Yeah, he will. So, hello, Dan. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Um, so, yeah, Noel Gallagher with his high-flying birds. It's arguable that 
within you know the two with their side projects and their their bands after Oasis, Knowles was the more loved. Um, yeah, that's I think, kind of what I, I think got. he's recognised as being the more successful post Oasis yeah. at this point. And his in his debut album was it was a good album. Um, but I'm going to move on to this. So the latest <laughs> release is Holy Mountain, and let's just say it how it happens. Tim, you said, "Oh, Noel's got a new song." I was like, "Oh, has he?" Um, so I wasn't aware of this. I'm not sure when it came out. Do you know? The ninth of October. So oh, so very yeah, recent. Very recent. I had no idea. Um, so yeah, Tim told me that the the new song was out. So I was like, "Cool." Like, what, is it good? And you said that he said that it's the best thing he's released. He said it's one of the best songs he's ever written. And I think his reasoning was that his kids love it. Okay. Um, maybe just after that, we've dropped that bombshell, we should listen to it. Yeah, let's... I mean, we... Yeah, let's listen to it, and then we'll come back and we'll be... Yeah. Brutally honest. This is what Noel Gallagher says is one of the best things he's ever written. Noel Gallagher of Oasis. Yeah. So um, take it away, Noel, with Holy Mountain. So we are back in the room, and <laughs> maybe some of you have enjoyed this, but me and Tim have had a, a nice little bubble over it. Um, so this is what happened. Tim actually told me about the song. I went and listened to it, and these were my thoughts. So I said, Holy Mountain, and then I started listening to it. I said, it sounds like going up to the spirit <laughs> in the sky, and then I said, now it sounds like Ricky Martin. Um for what bit? What was the... Oh, I can't uh, remember. Yeah, there is a bit, like, it's at the end of the it first verse. She moves, verse. she moves. <laughs> it's like, what is this? She bangs, she bangs. And then I said, or oh, a vaccine's rip-off. And you were like, yeah. And you said, it was like, vaccines and Slade have joined a band. Yeah, they started a super group. That is That yeah. was my feedback the first time I listened to it. And just listened to it then, there was a bit that was like, ooh, bam, 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 bam. It's just like, I personally think this song is dog shit and I I don't think I've ever said that on this show before no I I genuinely think it's one of the worst things I've heard this year for so many reasons I mean we could do a whole episode on the multitude of reasons I think this is just a genuinely (laughs) terrible song so so much holy mountain of shit yeah I mean it's I, I can't think of many songs like we laugh a lot when we're recording this and like when we're talking beforehand or whatever. I can't think of many songs that we listen to and just outright laugh at. I don't think there is one. No. But I've never, we've never done it here and I don't remember the last time. <laughs> it wasn't a comedy song that I just laughed at. And you never told me, like, let's just get this out there. You never said, this song is bad, listen to this. Yeah. I just 
you said there's a new song I clicked it and I, and I said all these things and Tim had thought them as well yeah like they sound really obvious yeah. like they sound like rip offs it's the I, I haven't heard the lyrics because <laughs> I can't be bothered you. but also yeah it's just the kind of distortion um the song just sounds like it's all over the place it's 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 madness I mean the variety of the influences that you pick out within the first 30 seconds... Not good would, ones either. No, exactly. <laughs> but it would take an actual, like, person with no ears to pick those different songs and think, yeah, I'm going to mash them all into one <laughs> insane mix. Vaccines and Slade? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, It's it I did not do good things to my brain when I heard that. No. But for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to give Noel the benefit of the doubt. Because he's made good stuff in the past. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, one swallow does not make a summer, and one bad song does not make a shit artist. Um, there's more to Noel than this particular song, so we're gonna. I, I completely agree. We're gonna dig a little deeper. If nothing else, we can all agree that in terms of 2017 releases, Liam wins. It's one nil to Liam. It's one nil to Liam for sure. But now we're going to go back. Yeah. And I guess it's my turn again now. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to start with, like, it's pretty much an impossible uh, argument to make that Liam, in the history of the stuff these guys have made, has been a better songwriter. Um, Some of the tunes that Noel has penned, uh, iconic, incredible anthems, you know, don't look back in and go Wonderwall. You know, the proper, proper, some of the best songs of the last 20, 30 years, without a shadow of a doubt. But what I will say is a little bit like, and again, we're really pushing our luck here a little bit, but like within the Beatles catalogue, there's not a lot of songs written by George Harrison. But when, when he writes one, it's a real little gem. And yeah. it, you know, there's kind of some real beauty in there. Um, within Oasis's catalogue, I believe it took to like the fourth or the fifth album, so they actually put a song written by Liam on any of their records. Um, the first single that they put out that was written by Liam was Songbird, which I think is just like this uh, beautiful, sweet um, little song. And there's a couple of turns of phrase in there that I really like because there's. Um, there's just like an interesting sensitivity to it. Um, like, he is about his fiance at the time, um, Nicole Appleton, I believe. Um, and there's one line where he says, uh, she's a little pirate in my mind. And I just, I, I like the, there's something about that. That's not an obvious way to describe someone. Um, it's got a little sort of poetic license within it, but it's also, it's kind of, it paints this little imagery of, it's a little Alex Turner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you kind of, it makes you think, it makes you wonder, you know, there's something more to it than uh, those words in that order. And I think um, it's the same as, you know, writing anything. Sometimes it's very easy to be very descriptive and actually um, just picking out a few kind of enigmatic words and placing them there and being very simplistic with what you're saying, but actually leaving it to the listener to kind of paint their own picture, I think is really beautiful. Um, and talking about this song, Liam said, um, I like beautiful things. It's not all dark in Liam world. I take my shades off every now and then. 
and have a look around and I see the world and I see nice things and I kind of again sometimes when you listen to a song that an artist has written you kind of they might have a stage persona they might have a public persona they might kind of be being all these different things to different people I think sometimes within their lyrics it's nice to get this little like through the keyhole kind of thing of who they actually are as a person and I feel like this song's really tender and really heartfelt Um, Mm. and it's just like it's like two minutes ten long and it's just lovely. It's a real, real tune. Um, and I think it puts Liam in a very, very good light. So that's why I would like to pick this as my second pick. Um, this is Oasis with Songbird. Talking to the songbird yesterday Threw me to a past not far away She's a little pilot in my mind Singing songs of love to pass the time Gonna write a song so she can see Give her all the love she gives to me Talk of better days that have yet to come Never felt this love from anyone She's not any... Um, right, so next up, it's the obvious, isn't it? It's uh, songs that Noel wrote and... The list is a little bit too big to kind of go through. Um, yeah, it's basically every song. So Noel basically made. wrote every song. Um, <laughs> and there are some, like, like, I am an Oasis fan. I do know a lot of their songs. I'm not one of the biggest fans. There's albums I probably haven't heard. Um, and I don't mind admitting to that. But uh, just going through to kind of, kind of pick what I wanted, because I have my favourites and... Live Forever is probably one of my favourite Oasis songs, and I really wanted to kind of pick that, but um, I'm going to go for the song that is the most famous Oasis song in the world, and it's something that I've grown to have a little bit of a distaste for, as has most people, but it's one that you will always belt out after a few drinks on a night out with your mates. And it's it's become... Almost an anthem of like, I wouldn't even say England, let's just say around the world. It's one of the biggest songs that has ever been. Yeah. Have I said it yet? You haven't said the it yet. The song is Wonderwall, and yeah. it's something I probably never thought I'd play on the podcast. But uh, after a little discussion with Tim earlier, it's one that, <coughs> you know, when we're talking about this kind of stuff, it's essential, really. Um, it's unavoidable it's yeah. unavoidable exactly you know I <clears throat> I never fully knew like he I think Noel said that the media kind of ruined uh, what the song meant they thought it was a love song about um, his wife and actually it's about an imaginary friend coming to save you from yourself and I never quite know whether anyone's singing it really knows or cares about the meaning of the song necessarily it's now reached a point where it's everyone knows the words you might have never heard the song not a single person doesn't know the words to this song exactly like you go anywhere your grandma knows it your baby who is two months old knows this song yeah but I think I think you're born (laughs) knowing the words you are you're given a little uh, little sheet of paper as you leave (laughs) (laughs) it's just the wonderful lyrics (laughs) <laughs> there you go, you're set for life. Yeah. Um, Listen, hey, dude. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and there was no way I was going to get around kind of not playing this. It's uh, it's interesting that um, I think Noel hates the song. I think Oasis, the yeah. guys probably hate the song. Liam hated the song when it was first kind of presented. Yeah. Um, but Noel certainly... He has almost the same reaction as a lot of Oasis fans probably think. Yeah. And it's the same as us with, like, let's say, Arctic Monkeys or the Maccabees. It's often that the most um, famous song kind of gets left behind after a while because, yeah. like, I'm not a fan of Brian Storm. I don't know if Killing... I mean, I'm not a fan of Brian Storm. I, if I listened to Arctic Monkeys, I would listen to that last just because I've yeah. heard it so many times. It's the, And then someone says, oh, do you like Arctic Monkeys? They're like, yeah, I love Brian of Storm. Of course, it's like, like... Oh, do you the, know? Yeah. Like, the, more, the more obvious one for us uh, is people who... The only Vampire Weekend song they know is A-Punk. A-Punk it's like, oh yeah, it's my huge. God, it's like... One. It, for me, it's like my least favorite Vampire Weekend song at this stage because oh massively, yeah. oh like it's I don't even know if it's necessarily down to uh, just because it's popular as well. It's it's not my favorite song. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it wouldn't be my favorite, <laughs> but my my distaste for it certainly comes from how much it's played and how it's kind of held up as a sign of that band. It's like oh my god. Mm. Also, there's something about this song that every time I'm singing it, it causes me to go a bit dizzy. Because <laughs> it, it's a real belter, yeah. and, and you cannot sing it without really fucking giving it your all. Yeah. And every time I've sang this, I've nearly fainted. Yeah. Because you just belt it out with every yeah. fibre of your being. So, um, just before I play this, what I'm going to do is, I've got a quote from Liam about his take on the song. And uh, I don't actually know when he said this. I would like to know if it was uh, at the time or later. Probably at the time. But it's just a classic kind of... You know, if I read this and didn't tell you what it was, you'd know it was from them, obviously, because it's about Wonderwall. But... So he said, uh, A Wonderwall can be anything. It's just a beautiful word. It's like looking for that bus ticket and you're trying to fucking find it, that bastard. And you finally find it and put it out. Fucking mega. That is me, Wonderwall. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. That is me, Wonderwall. That's me, Wonderwall. Um, yeah, that. So it can literally be about yeah. not being able to find your bus ticket. I tell you what, I've had that so many times where I can't find my train ticket and I'm stressing out. There's yeah. people walking around me and then you finally find it <laughs> yeah, in your amazing. back pocket stuck to something and it's like, oh, my Wonderwall. Yeah. So your ticket. Stuck onto your ass cheek. Um, so I guess we should play it, Tim. Yeah, we should. We're gonna do that. Yeah. Track shows first and last ever Wonderwall. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you gotta do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Backbeat, the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out I'm sure you've heard it all before but you never really had a doubt I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now So that was the biggest tune of the world Um, Tim, third and final pick, where are we going? Uh, Well, we're going to go to 
Uh, I suppose I partly. I don't know what you said. <laughs> I'm listening. And I don't think the listeners heard it either, so that's probably fine. Um, gonna go on to kind of two things at once. Um, mainly, we're gonna go on to like vocal delivery. Who's who's a who's a better frontman? Who really owns that stage? But also. Uh, just kind of general public persona because I feel like we can't talk about these two uh, without, you know, talking about their kind of random comments to the press and media outbursts and, in the case of Liam, hilarious Twitter presence. Like, they're both um, like them or loathe them. They bring so much more colour to the music scene and they're the music like, industry. You can't you know, there's so, there's so much talk of how um, there's kind of a dearth of personality within modern musicians. And it's an accusation you could never, ever throw at these two, that they're, they're lacking in personality. Absolutely not. They're two of a kind and very, very, very funny in their own right. Just in the last couple of days, uh, a couple of things I've seen of Liam have genuinely cracked me up like there's a and if you haven't obviously this isn't good podcast material um listeners but if you haven't seen this go and search for it we did tweet it from the tracks twitter account mm. at tracks show um i think last saturday something like that there was a big music festival out in the u.s somewhere and liam gallagher turned up and he sang i'm the walrus with uh foo fighters and it was a really good rendition actually i really enjoyed it um, but afterwards, he <laughs> went up to the crowd and crowd surfed in the most brilliantly Liam way ever. He had like a he had shorts, blue shorts, like navy blue shorts, navy blue Adidas trainers, and like a navy blue Anorak Kagul type thing with his, his hood, hood up. up. Yeah, uh, and he's just he's just sat on top of the crowd. I'm fairly sure he's off his tits. But, like, just not asked at all. It's just so... It's so brilliant, Liam. And the picture, I've... You know, I've looked at it so many times now. And it cracks me up every single time. Uh, so that's kind of part of the brilliance of him. And also, there's this story, which I think I've told you already, Harry. Yeah. Um, but it, it it does make me laugh. Uh, I read it in a magazine the other day. Uh, someone was asking him, How's your relationship with Paul McCartney since you called him too nice? And Liam told this little anecdote where he said, I met him a few times and he's been an absolute dream. Last time was at the Royal Albert Hall. He goes, why are you always in such a rush? Sit down. Sit down. I sat down and he goes, do you like margaritas? I said, yeah, but I had something before I came out. I don't eat it this time. And I, he said, they're fucking drinks, you stupid prick. <laughs> I thought he was offering me a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just love that about him. Cause, partly because I... He's a massive rock star and a millionaire. And like we all still say, oh, I had something before I came out. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's something like, so human about it. I don't that. eat it this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but just like, oh, I had some pasta before I came out. I'm pretty full, I've lined actually. my stomach. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I love that. And, and then, yeah, obviously his Twitter is brilliant. It's genius on a daily basis. I have like a load of... I'm one of those uh, nerds that I've got folders for all of my apps on my phone. And the people I follow on Twitter, I divide them up into categories. And one of my categories is funny. And Liam is absolutely the highlight of my funny category. So I think that speaks very highly of him. We can all agree, right? Or lowly of me. Who knows? <laughs> um, 
But now I'm going to move on to him as a front man. And I think um, there's a bit of a comparison. Not necessarily a comparison. I suppose maybe what I'm about to say kind of underlines the flaw in the whole format of this episode and about arguing one over the other in that um, we obviously just listened to Wonderwall, which uh, lyrically is a masterpiece and, you know, musically is a masterpiece. Um, But the vocal delivery... It wouldn't be the same if Liam wasn't singing that song. You know, it, the way he sings it is brilliant. and it's, Doesn't uh, Noel sing it live? Or Yeah, and it's, not, it's nowhere near as good. There's a thing. Yeah, and it's nowhere near as good. Um, you know, it's the, it's the combination of the two that makes it beautiful. And the song that I'm going to play is personally my favourite Oasis song. Um, because I find it... I find it all of the things that I think Britpop was meant to be. I find it kind of uplifting, um, inspiring. And like I think, obviously, because Oasis, a big part of the reason they kind of had the beef with Blur was because one was seen as like a middle-class option and one was seen as like the kind of working-class roots option. And like they were meant to kind of give people the energy to feel like they could go and do something and make a difference. That was kind of what... Although they never maybe kind of... Uh, you know, they were never kind of forthright in that. I think they, they were always clear that that was a big part of their message. You know, they were just normal lads and they kind of, that's why they fed into the lad culture and everything. Um, so I think that kind of energising normal people was a big part of what their music was about. And this song for me um, is the epitome of that. Um, and lyrically, it's brilliant and it's written by Noel. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to, even though for today's episode, I'm team... Liam, I'm absolutely not going to take anything away from the fact that I think lyrically this is a brilliant, brilliant song. But um, there's those certain uh, vocal deliveries that Liam does, which are iconic and have been parodied a million times. And you know, it's sunshine. yeah, exactly, sunshine, like all that. And this has that because it goes, I'm free. To like, do whatever I... Exactly. Um, it wouldn't be the same without the lyrics, but I think this is, for me, the best vocals Liam ever did, just because it's so... It's so on the money. Yeah. And it's kind of... You know, he's... he's uh, it, It's the thing that made him iconic. Not necessarily this song, but it's that style that no one has ever done before or since and what makes him... A... It's his. Yeah. If people did it now, it's just a copy of him. Yeah. An absolute superstar, you know, the walk, the hands behind, the yeah. hands behind the back, the microphone a little bit too high, yeah. so he's like kind of leaning up to it, and then like it, where well, he kind of crouches, isn't he? Yeah. Arches his back underneath it. Yeah, and yeah. you know all the all these little things in the minutiae of his uh, performance style is just kind of etched in everyone's memories forever. Yeah, and that's the we've sign. all done it, haven't we? We've yeah. all. And that's the sign of a, a genius performer. Um, and yeah, I absolutely love this song. I, I think it's the best thing Oasis ever did. Um, so this is whatever. Seems to me 
that was whatever. And I'll tell you what, I haven't listened to that song for uh, quite a while, at least probably six months, and mm. immediately I feel kind of filled with the kind of emotions, all the feels. I uh, feel... just, just from listening to it one time. Uh, I feel what like I'm a, a massive tune. Mm. Uh, and on to you, Harry. For your on... third and final pick. On to me and my third and final. Um, so currently, as I speak, I'm having deja vu. And it's creeping me out a little bit because I'm still having it, Tim. And I just want to <laughs> move away from this because I'm starting to be scared. I mean, most weeks, you're sat the- exactly there. I've got this hat on and this jumper and we're talking to each other. So this is just a constant deja vu. Yeah, it's just the thing. Episode 75 at this stage. It's happened 75 times before, not just the once. <laughs> but anyway, moving on with it. Um... So Noel's vocal performances. He has had a few. Some quite big ones. Yeah, of course. Um you know, firstly I just there's there's a few quotes, there's a few things I want to get out of here. And I would like to well I'm gonna do one and then I'm going to do a second and I want to know if you still like him after the second. Okay. Do you like him at all? Who? No. No. Yeah. Okay, well then let's see what happens. So the first one is on King. He said, Tim's a cunt. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> this is his take on Keen. He says, I feel sorry for Keen, no matter how hard... I don't know. I like the accent. accent. <laughs> no matter how hard they try, they'll always be squares. Even if one of them started injecting heroin into his cock, people <laughs> would go, yeah, but your dad was a vicar. Good night. <laughs> I uh, thought it was funny. Um, second, I mean, they do say some outlandish things, don't they? They, are they have. They, they, they remind value. me of Ben. They have no limit on what they will say. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the second one here's here's a big one. Now you got to guess. Uh, does it? I'm going to say it first, and then you're going. I'm going to tell you who it's about. Okay. Well, they are wankers. The worst thing about them is that they're not very good. They play dress-up and sit on top of an apex of meaninglessness. They don't mean anything to anybody apart from their fucking ugly girlfriends. Who am I talking about? And I'm going to hate them for it. Yeah. Well, I feel like it must be the Kaiser Chiefs then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... He's an outspoken critic of Kaiser Chiefs, so... It doesn't come as a surprise, although I haven't heard that particular quote. Um, frustrating <laughs> and flawed because they mean <laughs> something to a lot of people. Uh, still selling out arenas around the world, so check that one. Meanwhile, you're making one of the worst songs either of us either heard. No! Um, deal with that one. Apologies. But, yeah. No, I, I, can, I can deal with it. Good. I've heard worse. Good. Also, Alex Turner said if he was ever compared to the Kaiser Chiefs, he'd retire. But yet, he has been compared to them, and he still hasn't retired. So, <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. So, quotes aside, uh, Noel said some fun- some funny things, um, or not? Or not. <laughs> um, questionable. 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 Questionably funny. Um, but we're going to go into some vocals that he's done and there is one song and actually I'm getting flashbacks to the fact that you might have played this on the podcast before mm-hmm. but it's my favourite Oasis song and it's it's one that uh, as a younger male boy <laughs> <laughs> 
being male had nothing to do with that. Um, it was the one that I... Is that the only song I knew? And everyone used to be like, oh, what's your favourite Oasis song? And I was like, this song. And I didn't really know any others. I never really looked into them. The song is Half the World Away. I have played it, yeah. Right, is it the one to do with your sister's birth or your mum's My birth? niece was born to this song. Right. Um, and I can't, I can't remember which episode I played it in. I played it, but I definitely mentioned that, and also it's the theme tune to my favourite TV show ever. Yeah, um, which is Royal Family. Yeah. I could, oh, maybe we played it in the siblings episode, actually. I was thinking that, but yeah. I remember sitting on the sofa up there when we did that. Yeah. Who knows? Basically, I, I have played it. And yeah, my niece was born to this song. Shout out Hannah again. Yeah, well, well Noel sings this one. Yeah. And uh, there is a tone to its voice. and like, He is a g- decent singer. He's not bad. I don't think any of them are fantastic. They're both good at what they do in certain ways. And they have their way of doing things. For sure. Um, but this is the one that... It's my favourite to sing, it's my favourite to listen to, um, and people were always shocked at me and they would always say, they would always just say, oh, you're not a fan? And I'd be like, I know, I just like this song, why yeah. can't I just like this song? Um, do you mind if I play it again? No, of course not. I, I love this song. Right. Well, hopefully you never listened to the episode that we did play this. Hopefully you this did, but all... you've forgotten. Yeah, let's go with that, because Tim, Tim forgot for a little bit. <laughs> um... And this one, yeah, it was rings out as one of the best of his. I, I gotta say, like, you know, we'll we'll probably come on to this at the end, but it's quite sad, the whole thing to do with them. Yes. Um and you know, I see pictures of them in the band together when they were touring and in the documentary, etc. And they they look like they had a really good bond, and I'm sure there's many reasons as to why they don't get on now. And you know, watch the documentary because you'll if you if you don't know all these things, then it will give you an insight that you haven't had before. Yeah, and there really was a love between them, and somewhere deep down there is still, and it's quite sad to see siblings fall out that much. Um. And I guess we we can delve into why it could be, but we'd be here forever because we'd have no answers. <laughs> um, but let's let's play this song. We'll come back after. We'll we'll see what we think overall. But uh, half the world away by Oasis. I would like to leave this city. This old town don't smell too pretty, and I can feel the warning signs. Running around my mind And when I leave the asylum I book myself into a soul asylum Cause I can feel the warning signs So we are back All songs played, all songs considered uh, No plug there um, Tim, that's, that's it for them Yeah, wow what a roller coaster it's been. Um, have we come to any conclusions? I guess when we started out, but Liam X was one of minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. I and I mean if we're doing aggregates, for me, that's probably the conclusion we're gonna get to is that um I would say 
it's that classic thing. It's the Morrissey to the Marr. It's the Lennon to the McCartney. It's the Kanye to the Kanye. It's the Ozzy Osbourne to prescription drugs. One without the other is simply not the same. You need the pair to make the full package. Oasis would never have been Oasis without um, without Noel or without Liam. They both bring their own unique uh, influence and genius that, sim- quite simply, the you know the the music that we have from that band and the legacy that we have from both of those human beings creatively. There is that you can't split them. You know, yeah. one's a better songwriter, one's a better frontman. You know, one's made a better new song, one's made a piece of shit new song. One sagged off the Kaiser Chief so he can fuck off, and another didn't. Oh, they probably did as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, they didn't like it. But my point is that I, the whole uh, idea behind this episode was flawed because we were never going to come to the end and be like, Do you know what? No. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I mean, we never set out to pick a winner. Yeah, um, they are both good at what they do. They. They complement each other, hopefully one day. And I, I do believe one day it will happen. We're, I don't think they're going to die, and or we're going to die, and we, we don't see this. But I think Oasis one day will be a thing again, for one reason or another. I do kind of feel like the the years on that are slipping away, for me personally, of how much I actually want to see that happen. Obviously, there's you know proper super fans who will feel very passionately either way on this but I kind of think like for years and years I've thought god I would love to see the Smiths like that would just mean the entire planet Mm. to me but now I kind of I look at Johnny Marr and I look at Morrissey and I kind of wonder like do you know what maybe don't touch that legacy don't touch what you had would the Smiths coming back now be the Smiths because obviously we wouldn't (coughs) we wouldn't get the full lineup from the Smiths anyway so it's slightly different but even if we saw Morrissey and Marr, you know, coming back and playing the old songs, would that really be? I could t- I tell you what, Tim, because um, I've, 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 you know, I've thought this. I think if you leave it and you don't touch it and you don't bring Oasis back ever, then they'll they'll, they'll go down just yeah. as sweetly as ever. It's the the Arsene Wenger, isn't it? Like, yeah, like you, I, I can't remember why I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think like, and you know, there's a certain amount of time like the Stone Roses coming back hasn't uh, I would I would argue I mean when they brought back that rubbish did they bring an album out they brought they brought uh, some songs out they brought some songs out which were poo like they were really bad <laughs> hold hands yeah, we all hold hands or build up no but sorry I, I was saying this Tim until you uh, rudely sorry, interrupted no, but um, um awesome, I was just no, yeah that did put me off what I was saying <laughs> um, no I was saying that yeah, I completely get that and what I said about the Oasis thing, but I would kill to see your face with Ma and Morrissey walking on stage. Yeah, there's no way I wouldn't go Or mad finishing it. a gig and, you know, hugging each other yeah. and putting their guitars Of down. course I would love it, but I do feel like it maybe would diminish things a little bit because I think too much time has passed and what I was going to say about Oasis is that there we're probably it was early 2000s they were still doing stuff so in less than a decade essentially you look at them 
you know, they're still... Liam can still go crowd surf. They both kind of look essentially the same. If they came back now, you would feel like, yeah, this is great. If they leave it 15... Dwindling, yeah. If they leave it 15, 20 years and they're old geezers, then I think you get to a point where it's like... Noel's in his... Yeah, I mean, they're both probably... 60? No. 60? I could have sworn (laughs) he had his 60th birthday recently. No, that's Tim Westwood. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's He must be like 49, though. Yeah, I reckon they're both in their 40s. He was born in 1967. So that makes him 50. So, like I say, now, I I think that would be totally fine. But, give it 15 years from now. Yeah, so, like, if... I wouldn't want to see them in 15 years. This is what I'm saying. Like, you know, we It's a bit like Led Zeppelin. Like, they came back and, you know, my dad wasn't interested in seeing them. Like, he got their, I think, their live album or whatever. But This this is what I mean. I don't... I think there is a certain limit of time where it'll stop being great if they come back. Um, there's still plenty of time yet, but if they if they came back as pensioners, it's like, this isn't Oasis. Yeah, if they're 65 or whatever, yeah. it's like, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Like, because I, I personally have no interest in seeing, you know at Glastonbury, the whole heroes and stuff like that. Yeah. Not the heroes, the, the legends and stuff. Yeah. I don't care about that. Um Maybe yeah. because I just don't have the connection to it. Like, The Who were there a few years ago, and I think we saw Chemical Brothers. I don't know if you came that year. No, that was and good. I was just like, yeah, I'd rather see someone I'd have fun with than watch some guys that, you know, definitely, you know, are a big deal, no doubt. But uh, just there's something that just yeah, doesn't... No, I'm, I'm completely on the same page. Um, I'm more interested in where music is going sometimes than where it's been yeah and I, I also think there's that um, again we're getting so far off topic here and we're right at the end of the episode I can I can feel you guys thinking like we just want to listen to something else now just wrap it up so we will do eventually but all I would say on that point is that I do think there's also um, you know when you get loads of festivals getting headlined by these kind of legends it does bother me a little bit because you've got great acts like Foles like Maccabees, like Tame Impala, people like that, who are now at the stage where they could headline big, big festivals and draw a crowd, and those slots aren't given to them because they're being taken up by quote-unquote legends who mm. are just coming back and playing the old hits, and that does bug me a little bit. That's all I'm going to say on that. I think we should probably wrap up. Noel versus Liam. Are we calling it a draw? Yeah, of course. It's three all, maybe. It's three all. Or two all. Or four all. It's something all. It's all. <laughs> yeah. They are all. It's Wonderwall. <laughs> Wonderwall. Uh, yeah. So, an hour wasted, basically, but we've all no had fun, team. right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, we have. We've had fun. Um, so, we're going to finish our song. <coughs> Ooh. I guess. That's what we always do. I did seem surprised by that, but really, really, I was like, what on earth do we pick? Um... Well, I have a, I have one that I'd like to finish on. So, in one sentence, uh, one very quick one, I would play Live Forever because Oasis will live forever. Nice. I was going to suggest uh, She's Electric purely for the tiny little phrase in the verse, which is a family full of eccentrics. And I feel like nothing could sum up the Gallaghers better than that. Longer sentence than mine, but ultimately won the contest I, I love that song as well so let's go with that one okay nice one this has been our 76th episode a huge 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 thank you to 
all of you who have listened at any point along the line and are still here right now. We bloody love you. I have been Tim. And I have been Harry. And this has been Trax. And we've been Electric. And I've been Noel. <laughs> and I've been Liam. Like, <laughs> fuck up. See you next week. <laughs> See you. <laughs> oh, okay. She's electric. She's in a family full of eccentrics. She's done things I've never expected. And I need more time. She's got a sister.